0: Sometimes you need to hit the pause button as a clinician um, and a researcher and say, hang on, this is what my underlying assumption is.
1: We want to be evidence based practitioners, but in fact, this is just how we should practice. Ethics is every part of every clinical decision that we make. And what it is that we do is we make
2: lives better. Welcome to Speak Up, the Speech Pathology Australia podcast. This podcast series highlights conversations with esteemed contributors in the speech pathology space. We explore key issues in the profession in a short and easy to listen to format. Let's hear what this week's contributors have to say.
0: Hi there, I'm Annika Flynn, speech pathologist and member of the Vic Branch CPD Committee. Today, as part of World Autism Awareness Month, I have the pleasure of chatting to speech pathologist, Associate Professor Marlene Westerveld and clinical psychologist, Dr Jessica Painter from Griffith University about their current research into the literacy skills of children with an autism spectrum disorder. So thank you so much ladies for joining me today.
2: Thank you for having us. Thank you.
0: So to start with a broad question for you. Why literacy and autism?
2: Yeah, um, some, some of you may not know that about 95% of children with autism will actually have difficulties in reading comprehension. We often get asked this question, um, especially by people working in early intervention. And I'm not talking speech pathologists. I'm talking early childhood educators, autism coaches, um, people working for... Um, autism um, services and they always ask us this question, why literacy in autism? So yes, the simple answer is many children with autism will have difficulties with reading and specifically reading comprehension. And I think this is a really important area to acknowledge and bring awareness to because what we've seen
1: is a lot of awareness of the core characteristics of autism, difficulties with social skills, Challenges with restricted behaviours and also comorbidities like difficulties with challenging behavioural or behaviours of concern and increasing awareness of mental health needs like anxiety. But we've only recently turned our attention to the academic needs of this population and those challenges are very common and flow onto all forces of life for individuals on the spectrum.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree. It's such an under-researched area. And so, yeah, it's awesome that people are starting to be interested in getting some evidence for us in this area. It's great. So why are children with autism, what's your research suggesting in regards to children at, or with ASD? Why are they at risk of a reading disorder or reading difficulties?
1: There's a range of theories of why this may be, and our work has linked reading acquisition and skills, even from those early emergent literacy phases, to things like the level of nonverbal intellectual functioning the level of autism symptoms, and we've also got hypotheses around the impact of special interests, the impact of theory of mind and social understanding, and also on uh, the fine detailed focus that we often see, or that local processing bias, it might be called. So we know many children with autism will show intellectual impairments, for example, and that can link to literacy difficulties. We also know that many children with autism will be delayed in their language acquisition, which we know that language impairments link to literacy needs. But we also know some features that are more specific to autism may put children at risk. So this can include, we know theory of mind impairments are very common, so difficulties with understanding people's mental states. And we look at things like comprehension of stories often requires inferring what characters are thinking, feeling, behaving. So if you have difficulties with that generally, that might be influencing your reading comprehension too. We also see features like those repetitive and restricted behaviours. Sometimes that can facilitate literacy development by having strong interests in things like letters but it could also then impact on things like comprehension and looking at the bigger picture by maybe focusing on details that are not the key features of a story or a narrative. And we may also see um, differences in the level of interest and engagement because Things like shared book reading, are uh, social activities, and there may be difficulties engaging children with autism relative to other groups. So there may be more general factors that are common in autism, but there's also things that seem to be specific about autism like, that might impact on literacy development and acquisition. Mm-hmm.
0: And I guess I'm really interested in some of the myths that maybe people might have or you think people might have in regards to this area.
2: Yeah. So one of the biggest myths is definitely that um, children with autism are good decoders. You know, we've heard terms like hyperlexia or barking at prints. Interestingly, when we followed up our group of preschoolers on the autism spectrum, who were actually verbal preschoolers, so their language skills weren't as significantly delayed as children with minimally verbal language, when we followed them up into their first year of schooling, we found that about 60% of these children actually had difficulties in decoding and early word recognition skills. So myth number one is really that children with autism, not all children with autism, will be good at decoding language. We need to assess these skills and not assume. Um, Our second myth, you go. Yeah, our second myth actually is the other end of the spectrum where there can be an assumption that
1: uh, children can be too impaired to read and that children with autism might actually miss out on opportunities for literacy development because of their other challenges, such as if they show high levels of concerning behaviours or if they show an intellectual impairment, then children might actually miss out on chances like shared book reading may not be a priority at home or they might be missing out on those lessons at school by thinking the child might not be ready to read. And that links
2: into another myth, this idea of readiness to read. Mm -hmm. And readiness to read basically means that you have to have developed all those emergent literacy skills to then develop your more conventional literacy skills. And the research is really starting to suggest that this is not the case. So we don't have to um, be ready to read.
0: Absolutely. That sounds amazing. So, so far, I know you guys have done research in a couple of different areas, I believe. But what has your research involved to date?
2: Yeah. So our biggest um, area of research has been to look at the emergent literacy skills of preschoolers with autism and how we got into this area and how we actually met each other is through a systematic review of the literature that we conducted in 2016 that found that only three studies or three teams worldwide had investigated the emergent literacy skills of preschoolers with autism, which was very surprising um, considering the fact that so many kids with autism actually struggle in reading. And so based on that, we were very lucky to get our research funded through um, the Autism CRC. And we've since then conducted four or five different studies looking at the emergent literacy skills in children, um, preschool children with autism. And we've now followed these children up um, for two years to sort of decide, A, what are the skills in this big group of kids with autism, thinking about, you know, the big five, like phonological awareness, letter name, sound knowledge, um, narrative skills, as well as vocabulary um, knowledge and um, print concepts. But we also wanted to know, are these skills predictive of their early reading acquisition, as you would expect from typically developing children. So that has been the main sort of area of our research. And so what's come out of it so far? Yeah, so so far what we found is um, consistent with previous research. We found that um, during the preschool period, these children if we um, we didn't have a control group of typically developing children or children with language impairment, and we did that on purpose. Do you want to briefly talk about that? Yeah, yeah, so, I
1: mean, we were really interested in looking at the variety of profiles. So coming back to that idea of myths that, you know, there was this idea that children with autism might be particularly good at decoding and good at reading. But what we found was interesting that we saw a diversity of strengths and needs, that we did see some children who showed skills within expected age range and age limits depending on the test but actually that was quite rare. More commonly we were seeing difficulties in both print related and meaning related skills and we saw a variety of profiles which really reinforced our idea that we need to do assessments to formulate what the strengths and needs are in these children. And coming back to the simple view of reading, um, having a look at the influence of both oral language and decoding on comprehension there so that we're understanding the differing profiles. And we're really observing um, a range of profiles there. And we found out that those early skills were predicting print-related skills in grade one. And actually, we had expected more children in grade one may have been able to read at age-expected limits. But as early as grade one, we're seeing children falling behind in conventional reading acquisition. So very few children could read, for example, the first paragraph of the ARC.
2: Yeah. And what we found is the um, the biggest predictors, as, um, as- expected, I suppose, from the literature on typically developing children or children with language impairment were nonverbal intelligence Mm -hmm. and um, receptive vocabulary skills as measured on the Peabody Picture Vocabulary Test. So, children who performed better on nonverbal intelligence and who did better in receptive vocabulary during the preschool years were more likely to be better decoders in their first year of schooling. Um, The other thing that was consistent with um, previous literature is that we did find um, a discrepant profile in that um, children had more difficulties in those meaning-related skills than they did in print-related skills. But like Jess suggested, it was no way that all these children were good decoders, if that makes sense.
1: And I think um, two interesting findings emerged that we may not have expected. And the first was that autism symptoms themselves, measured using a parent checklist, actually wasn't a strong predictor of any skills. And so we might have thought, well, what's unique to children with autism having difficulties in these areas? And it doesn't seem to be the number of autism traits per se. So we're really interested to say, what is it about the features of autism that may put these children at risk? And identifying that's an area for more research. Another factor that I thought was quite interesting is that talking to families, that there were very rich home literacy environments and parents were offering opportunities to acquire these skills in the home. So we're having a number of books available. We're engaging in a shared book reading. But it seemed like children with autism were not reaping the benefits of these experiences. And we're really interested to investigate in more detail why that is.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so with all of that kind of information, what suggestions or advice would you have for us clinicians working on the ground with um, our, you know, caseload of children with ASD? What what should we be doing? What should we be looking out for? And is it anything different from what we would um, a child without ASD? Yeah,
2: so I think the first important consideration is that assess. Don't assume. So in for speech pathologists working with preschool age children with autism, A, don't forget about emergent literacy. And I know that uh, we think about emergent literacy in children with DLD and children, um, you know, at risk of literacy difficulties, but we may just forget about it in children with ASD because of all their other um, difficulties. Um, so assess their emergent literacy skills. Um, don't assume. The other... And I think building on that, including those children who might show
1: good decoding skills and not assuming comprehension because I think there's a risk for those children who have reasonable language skills and who are able to decode text to assume comprehension, whereas there's a real need to explicitly assess it because often it may not be obvious until we actually do an assessment, and those are the kids that are often getting missed out in the classroom and are then getting sent for referrals. And they the cases I often see as a psychologist actually.
2: Hmm. Um, And then the second one is promote shared book reading. So use shared book reading as um, an intervention context, if at all possible, to um, encourage parents to use, you know, the right type of techniques to stimulate language intervention. So very much again, like we might do with children with DLD, but we may forget with children with autism. Um, So that we wanna make sure that these children actually really have the literacy learning opportunities that all children need, Um, but these kids may need it even more so. And what we found in our studies on shared book reading intervention for children with autism, is that um, these sort of establishing new routines takes time for these children, But it's not impossible. And the parents actually told us that, you know, once little Johnny got used to reading a new book every week and not just a book about diggers, um, he started to really enjoy that and see that as part of a new routine. And the family started to enjoy book reading even more. So, um, yeah, make it fun. Yeah,
1: and I was going to say the same thing of embedding it into structures and routines, but children can then learn it as part of their routine is when they're having books, when they are doing shared book reading and that structure and routine can then support what we know are uh, the cognitive style of children with autism and can uh, support that. And we also know that if parents are a bit more explicit in discussing the meaning of words and what's in the story, that that seems to benefit children's vocabulary and engagement as well. And so it may be that it's doing things we would do with all children, but really being a bit more deliberate in practice as well. And that's really fine-tuning things that parents are doing without adding to their burden or their things to do that we know from our research that parents are reading with their children so it's tweaking things they're already doing rather than giving more stuff to do which can make it a lot more feasible than a lot of other uh, interventions we might be tempted by that this is a part of family routines anyway. And
0: I do find that even if parents are reading, which they are, absolutely, there's just a lot of labelling happening with their children with ASD when they're they're engaging in shared book reading. So you're so right just to start teaching parents to um, use some of those other language techniques and just not go through the book labelling every preferred object in there is particularly beneficial, I could imagine. Definitely, and that
1: it's okay to slow down and that you don't need to read the book verbatim. So that was some of the things we observed parents doing in our studies with the absolute best of intentions and enthusiasm, but really being focused on things that were already strengths, for example, so like letter names or being really stuck on reading in a particularly rigid way. So relaxing a bit, asking questions, making it engaging, and focusing on those broader story elements as well. And parents could adapt these strategies and learn them quite easily. It was just a, oh, I can do it that way and that'll help. And, you know, giving
2: that, uh, I guess, permission to do it a bit differently was really helpful for our families in our study. And then to... Third thing we'd like speech pathologists to do is really raise awareness, raise awareness of the importance of addressing literacy in children with autism, Um, in teachers, early childhood educators, librarians, psychologists, tell us what you can do and how we can work together. Everyone who will listen, because like Jess said earlier, um, children with autism just don't seem to reap the benefits of these literacy learning opportunities that many other children are.
0: And I know you both have amazing brains in this area, but I am sure you are still curious about particular things. So what what are you still curious about in regards to ASD and
1: literacy? I think what we're really curious about, well, why are children with autism more prone? What's specific about autism? So we've found factors that are common for all children. So we know that having an intellectual impairment, we know that having language impairments is linked to difficulties with literacy acquisition. What we want to know is why are children with autism different and does that impact on the way that they uh, benefit from learning activities and what interventions might be most effective? So we've been really interested and we've got a PhD student looking into this area about what's different about the learning processes and the attention during literacy activities. So do children with autism look at different things during storybook reading? Is their attention drawn
2: more to things like letters or to pictures? And how does that link to their acquisition of skills? Yeah, so that, um, and we're using eye-tracking technology for that. So watch this space because this is a lovely um, little study that we're doing. Um, and the other thing that we really want to pursue is longitudinal research. So we want to um, replicate the study that we've done with our 45-odd um, um, children with autism. We want to extend that to children who are nonverbal or minimally verbal, and we really want to track these children over time to have a better understanding of um, barriers and enable us a literacy success basically.
1: Yeah, and some of the things we might incorporate there is actually those cognitive styles that we know are are more unique to autism. So is it something about their theory of mind or social understanding? And we know that things like shared book reading and talk in mental state terms can actually link to greater theory of mind. Vice versa is probably likely too. So looking at those interactions between uh, mental state talk, acquisition of theory of mind and reading comprehension Also looking at things like that local processing bias and the details focus. Is it about the interests and what the children are focusing on that might be impacting on things like reading comprehension? Is it something about executive functioning and around attention, sustained attention? So can we look at how those cognitive features of autism that are a bit more specific to autism impact on the learning processes and if we can understand those learning processes that might drive interventions or resources that are more autism specific beyond um, our more general intervention so we can actually individualize and
2: have more of a formulation based approach. Yeah because if we have one thing in common it's really that we both want to just influence early intervention. Mm.
0: Well, keep doing what you're doing. It is wonderful. Thank you so much. It is such an under-researched area and our evidence base is not great. So thank you for being two wonderful people for putting some effort and time into that because it is much appreciated. And everyone, have a great World Autism Awareness Month and um, we will chat again on Speak Up soon. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Bye.
2: We hope you enjoyed this week's conversation. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and share it with your colleagues. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.